0: And of course, we never have, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit, just kind of share my heart with you. Firstly, to say that Marvin, and I really, really appreciate and love you. And not just because of your kindness toward us and generosity. We just love you, period. And we want you to know that. And uh, I, I would say also our children love you and our grandchildren love you. Our, uh, my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law love you. Our whole family and so uh, let me just talk to you about this, day, because when I was a kid, I didn't like the way it was done, pastor appreciation. We were always doing those things and just saying to pastors, uh, our pastor, we, lo- we love you. We appreciate you because the things that were asked of pastors in those days were just terrible. I mean, I, 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 I never wanted to be a pastor. When the Lord said um, that he had called me to, to pastor, I thought, no, I, you, you don't you remember? I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. Uh, and I didn't want to be a pastor because I thought, who wants to be a pastor? You know, they, they have the roughest job in, in the in the kingdom, you know. and But I would take nothing for, for it. And I won't go all into that because I've told you those things before. Everything that we know, we've learned. There's nobody here who came here knowing anything. Everything that we know, we've learned. And when I think about that, it seems like a, a an obvious a statement and There's no depth to it, but it is amazing how you could look at somebody after they have lived a while and recognize all the things they know, the wisdom they've gained, uh, the knowledge they have have, uh, received. It is amazing that everything that we know, we've learned. And I I wanted to say that because I've learned so much from beginning. I, I didn't know how to be a pastor, although... Um, my dad was a pastor and I've been around pastors all of my life I had no idea how to be a pastor and uh, the Lord told me um, that he would teach me and I like to say that I've been homeschooled I've been homeschooled by God and I think all of us have the opportunity uh, to be homeschooled by God when I was thinking about pastor appreciation and how we tell people how much we We appreciate them because the Bible is very clear that uh, the elders that rule uh, well or govern well are worthy of double honor. And I asked uh, uh, Brother Alan Vincent, who is one of the persons, one of the the three persons I call spiritual father. I said, Alan, what does that mean? How do we give double honor? And he said, whatever you would do for somebody else, do even more for that person that you call your spiritual father uh, or the elder that rules well and I want to say I try to do that for Alan always because he was such a blessing to me and especially when he was walking somewhere here about the end of this little platform and he looked at all of us and he said the Jesus Christ uh, the resurrected Christ is far more powerful than the Jesus who walked the earth and I had one of those what you talking about Willis moments Aye boy, that was that was something that I, I thought because I always have wanted to quote unquote, as it were, defend the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I've always thought that Jesus doesn't get his due. And I thought, well, this is a day I can say something about Jesus, who is my shepherd and my pastor. Thank you. Jesus is the most wonderful person I've ever known, ever met. Sometimes when I'm having my dialogue with him, I will say crazy things. You may think they're disrespectful, but they're not with our relationship. And I don't go crazy. I just say things like, come on, Lord, you know, really? Because he is so amazing, so amazing that he would share with us who he is, that is, gift us with himself to share his attributes with us, things that did not come into being but always were. I'm amazed by that. And when I think about this amazing journey, I, I think about my children because they were on this journey with us my daughter said something a, a few days ago about travel, how she was not so keen on traveling because she was, as it were, drugged around these airports with all these bags and having to carry all these bags. And so her idea of travel is a lot of bags. And I did not say to her, it was your mom's fault <laughs> because we could have shipped that stuff she wanted to make sure that in case our bags were lost we had plenty of things and as it were our bags were lost on our first international trip and they didn't come in for a week a week or so maybe jesus says in john 12 26 and this is how i look at jesus who shares so beautifully with us if anyone serves me let him follow me let him be closely attached to me if anyone serves me let him follow me and where i am there my servant will be also and when i see those those kinds of things on on the printed page of the bible i am so amazed i'm taken aback i i'm so captivated because jesus says that any, if anyone truly serves him, whatever position Jesus takes is where that person is. And when I see the world today, I, I think a lot of times we are not serving the Lord. We may, we may be around those who serve the Lord, but if we don't take the positions that he takes, then we're not serving him. He says, if anyone serves him, my father will honor. And uh, Brother Henry gave that uh, maybe a few years ago Uh, to me on on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night when Alan, uh, Alan, Alan, Alex Callahan had insisted on saying something because I said, I don't want um, anything said about me. And Alex said, well, just let, I said, no, I, I won't. He said, God told me. And I said, no, Alex, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And so finally he kept asking and I said, okay, I will give in, but only you and maybe one person. And then we opened up the corral gates and we couldn't close them and brother Henry gave this uh, John 12:26, and and it's it so impacted my life though I had read it many many times I'm saying that God does for us what we would never do for ourselves and I am so amazed that, Uh, With Jesus for that because Jesus now my pastor has said I want to give you something that belongs to me and that's what this is about but for all of us serving indicates proximity it it indicates proximity nearness Uh, in the kingdom of God is the only kingdom that I know of where servants are honored they are so honored and and God honors us as, he should be only, as only he should be honored. I, my pastor, Jesus is my pastor, a loving shepherd who cares for me at all times. I don't have to be perfect for Jesus. Jesus knows who I am. And not only does he accept uh, me as I am, he is also making me better. And, and he, he, if I get to it, he gently leads us. In John chapter 10, he, Jesus, without any kind of, of arrogance, states the truth. He cannot be arrogant. It's impossible. He says, I am the good shepherd. And this is so amazing. I am the good pastor, he, he would say. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And none of us, none of us, if we're unwilling to actually literally die or give our life, For the sheep are worthy to to walk in his shoes, to walk in his shadow, as it were, to walk in his footprints. Verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. He reiterates, it says again, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And the, the writer of Hebrews tells us that those of us who are under shepherds, like myself, we are going to give account for all those we lead. Isn't it amazing? that we give account. Jesus says, I know my sheep. I know my sheep and am known by my own. What an amazing statement that my shepherd, my pastor says, you know me. I know you and you know me. So, so he tells us what the, 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 the definition is of a good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So anybody, and I've I've said this to my staff uh, more than once, if the the next person who stands in this place, if they don't give themselves for you, you know they're not your shepherd. You must give yourself. And then he says, he, he he defines it again. He says, he knows his sheep and is known by them. There's mutuality here. There's mutuality. So if you are known of God, you also know him. This is amazing. So you not only know him uh, in the sense of, of knowing about him, but you know him. You know what he likes. You know what he doesn't like. And the closer I get to my shepherd, the more I am around my shepherd, I can tell you what he doesn't like. I can tell you the moment I say something that he disapproves of, <clears throat> the moment, not later. There was a time, it was later. It was when somebody had to uh, remind me, oh, you've done this. But now the moment it comes out of my mouth, I will say say under my breath, I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. Why? Because we know our shepherd. To know him is to be aware of him, to be aware of his presence, to be aware of what he says, to be aware of what he would never say or a disposition that he would never have. That is to know, to be able to perceive and understand him. Even before something is said, something is answered. I know my shepherd. I know my pastor. I know what my pastor likes. I want to look at some confessions of the sheep concerning the pastor and his benefits. This is a, some confessions. It's by, about David, David, uh, the, the shepherd king. David was a shepherd king. It's, it's just so amazing. It's not like God was trying to blow somebody's mind, but, but David david was chosen to be the pastor of israel and where did he choose him from he chose him from the hillsides of bethlehem shepherding sheep because sheep aren't the easiest animals to to lead to govern to help so god wanted somebody or he inculcated into david A nature like his own. God is so patient. Jesus is so patient. If he were not, I wouldn't be standing here. I'd be dead. If he were impatient, but my pastor is very patient. Because I'm standing here today. This is the confession of a sheep. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And for not, forget not all his benefits, Psalm 103. Who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from the pit, he redeems your life from the traps that are set for you. He redeems your life from corruption. From all kinds of destruction or the ditch he keeps you from driving into the ditch and falling into the ditch he redeems your life from the grave he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies so when he says he crowns us he means it is evident that you belong to somebody other than yourself because your crown, you're wearing loving kindness and you're wearing tender mercies. Your your mouth is satisfied with good things. You have good things to say. You that's what my shepherd, my pastor, has given me good things to say. And that's what he will do for you. I want you to love Jesus. He is amazingly wonderful. And he doesn't deserve our leftovers he deserves our very best and he renews our youth like the eagles and somebody wrote me and if you're watching today pastor a pastor from Nigeria wrote me a dear dear friend of mine and he said you should stop talking about your age the way you're talking about it so okay he said do you know that most people are more successful, I think, between 62 and 70-some-odd and than they've been in their lives. Do you know, and he gave me all these statistics, and where did he get them from? America, he says. <laughs> yes, and so what he was saying to me is that you are now in the most successful time of your life. I said, okay, I will never speak disparagingly of age. I didn't think I was, but I will never do it. Let me share a little bit more with you about my shepherd, my my pastor. In Psalm 23, just like David, let me talk about him. He says, the Lord is my pastor. It's like a little boy, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my pastor. I shall not want. So what David is saying is, there will never be lack in my life. There will never be lack in my life. You may be sitting here today or online and you're thinking, well, there's lack in my life. Really? I don't remember who it was that I was speaking with. I think it may have been Nathan. But I said recently to someone, I said, we are rich. We are rich. Look at us. We wear nice clothes. You know, we, we have nice cars with climate control. We eat practically whatever we want. Even poor people. Remember my story about the naturalization service? And, and this news a person was asking everybody, why, why do you want to live in America? Why do you want to live in America? And one of my wonderful brothers, they put the mic in his mouth, uh, to his mouth and said, why did you want to become an American? He said, I always wanted to live in a country where the poor people are fat. Yeah, my pastor says, I shall not want, the sheep says, I shall not want. And so we may not have what our neighbors have, but we have more than enough. And then he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And so he leads me, he's my shepherd. And he takes me into luscious places. I think about myself and my own life and, and how I, we have lived in our lives. My wife and I first traveled abroad. I think when uh, it was in my 38th or, or so year, maybe about 38th year, 37th, 38th year of life. And we went over, we took our family across the waters to the Middle East to live. And we lacked nothing on the way. Actually, I didn't realize that I was flying in the business class. It was the first time to be in that place. I thought everybody was flying like I was. Our shepherd loves us. He cares for us. He will give you blessings that you don't realize until later. That's how good Jesus is to all of us. Sometimes the thing that you wanted most, that you thought you had to have and he didn't give you, no, you didn't lack anything. He kept you from harm. He makes us to lie down in green pastures, that is, in places of great provision. He leads me beside the still waters, the psalmist says. And so he leads me, in, in not by the rushing, dangerous things, but he leads me by the calm waters. And then he, what does he do it for? He restores my soul. Now, there have been times when my life was just in, in such disarray that he restored my soul. There have been times when we thought, We could not make it in this house. You thought at some point you could not make it, and now you find yourself here uh, perhaps months later, years later, uh, decades later, scores of years later, and you not only made it, but you did it in an abundant way. So he restores our soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And some of us thought we would go crazy by now. You know it. If you're here today and you never thought you, you, uh, you would go crazy because of the, the, the stuff that was happening to you and all around you, maybe in your family, you thought, I'm going to lose my mind, then now you are here sound in sound mind. Yeah. <laughs> Clothed with righteousness. That's my shepherd. That's why I love Jesus, because there have been times I didn't think I was going to make it. but it is his strength in us. He shares his strength with us. Then he leads me, he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. How many of us decided we would be righteous on our own? He says, no, he leadeth me. My shepherd called my name, and led me in a way that I would never have gone. He leads me, and he leads me because he is my shepherd. I am his sheep, and he says, I'm going to lead you for my name's sake. My name is faithful and true, and I'll never give up on you. And that's who he is. He's never given up. On me, And the psalmist goes on to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The psalmist says, you will always provide spiritual nourishment for me. You will always give me spiritual restoration. Your guidance will always be there to keep me on the right path and your protection is unquestionable. Though death casts his shadow, and I think death is, in so many cases, personified. It's personified. It's not just an it. Though death casts his shadow on my path, I will never fear. Because he, my pastor, is with me his rod, his staff comfort me. There's no enemy that can withstand them. And there's no slip that I have that he won't rescue me. That's my pastor. I'm comforted by his preparedness. And I enjoy the way He delights to prepare a table of blessing in full view of my enemies. Your enemies see the provision of your pastor, Jesus. They see, but they can't change they see but they can't negate it he does not fear to bless in full view of all those who hate him and hate you too lastly in Psalm 86 verse 15 it says the nature and its character and I want to end here the psalmist says about his pastor and my pastor he's full of compassion he's gracious long suffering he's abundant in mercy and truth and all of that is for you and this is what he says Give your strength to your servant. This is what the psalmist says. Give your strength to your servant. My pastor, your pastor, Jesus Christ, wants to give all of his strength to you who serve him. For if anyone serves him, his father will honor Amen. That's my pastor. I'll be back in a moment.